Good morning, everyone. It is the 31st of October. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne. It was a good week for equity markets on the whole, although Chinese and Hong Kong equity markets, and indeed the Chinese currency struggled. Tech and property sectors there reacted particularly poorly as the Chinese administration appears to be abandoning the market-based reforms of recent years. And the same was true of the tech sector in the US, Alex, but for very different reasons. Morning, Lorna. That's right. Yes, we had a lot of big tech name results last week. A number of disappointments, however, including Alphabet, Google's parent, Microsoft, Meta, previously Facebook, and Amazon all came out with warnings on revenue growth. One of the key features of the warnings and disappointment was ad spending. It's been hit by economic slowdowns and showing hopeful investors that they aren't immune from the inflation and weakening growth hitting the global economy. In addition, there were some individual problems also playing a factor. Weaker growth at Amazon's AWS cloud computing business, for instance. Revenue growth there looks set to slip below 30% for the first time ever. Sector losses in tech for the week wiped nearly 800 billion off valuations, but at a time was closer to a trillion before a partial rebound. Those are eye-watering numbers. But that in a week when US Treasury markets seemed much calmer. Somewhat, yeah. The yield on the 10-year slipped below 4% for the first time, but closed the week back slightly above at 4.01. The markets have been continuing to weigh recent statements from the Fed alongside the plethora of recent economic data. In the last week alone, we've had PMI data where both expectations in services and manufacturing sectors moved sharply negative, well below market expectations, indicating a real heightened concern from industry. This is in contrast to the better than expected quarterly GDP figure from the US released on Thursday. Although reading through some of these numbers, there was again some concern on the services and retail side of things. Additionally, we've seen inflation figures on Friday seeming to point to, if not a lessening of pressures, at least a plateauing of prices at their current highs. I will come on to expectations for this week's Fed meeting shortly, but last week we had the European Central Bank meeting, perhaps the hint of a more dovish pivot there. Indeed. Although as prices prior indicated, the ECB did raise rates by 75 basis points to 1.5% on their deposit rate. The pace of increases somewhat has been quick, especially by European standards, given the firmness of them previously on the negative position for such a long time. This change means they've raised 2.0% since July. There was, however, some sense now that pace won't continue. The ECB now more confident of reaching that 2% inflation target after a close to 10% in September. Rate setters commentary pointed towards perhaps a wait-and-see type of approach, given the pace of increases alongside the impending toughness of the winter to come and the likelihood of recessions across the continent. Despite this, over the past week, we've seen the euro move back above dollar parity for the first time in months. Yes, that is quite significant. And we have had some quite interesting developments in the European gas markets in the last week. Yeah, as we know, they've been badly hit by the invasion of Ukraine and disrupted following the closure of gas pipelines in Europe from Russia. Prices had fallen dramatically since an August peak, now below 100 euros as storage has filled up an immersively mild autumn thus far. Some gas prices even turning negative briefly last week as some storage facilities reached capacity. You may remember that dynamic from the oil market at the peak of the pandemic in April 2020. Yes, indeed. Uh, that is quite a reversal. Normally, inflation, as they say, goes up like a rocket, down like a feather. But this could certainly help to ease price rises in Europe. Next week looks to be quite a busy one, though, with the November Fed meeting and another chunky rate hike on the cards. That's right. Market expectations around the Fed are for a 75 basis point hike again. This would mark the fourth such rise this year, with markets forecasting a terminal rate of 5% for May 2023. 
There are some signs that the pace may slacken somewhat going forward into December meetings and early into 2023. Given what we spoke about with regards to PMI numbers and some of the underlying concerns with the GDP figures released, we may see the labour market strength lessen somewhat, which is likely to be one of the key factors in any Fed reversal. Arguably, though, the bank would likely need to see also the inflation number needing to at least soften somewhat before it would realistically consider this. Perhaps the only change we'll see will be in tone and commentary, however slight, but that in itself might be significant. And potentially quite a significant meeting for the Bank of England. Indeed. The bank's expected to hike rates to a 33-year high, with a 75 basis point rise going to 3% on Thursday. Obviously, we had Rishi Sunak confirmed as PM last week, likely to implement new policies in plugging that £50 billion black hole in UK finances. However, although some stability to the market has been restored through this, spending cuts and tax hikes under the new Premier could lead to a deeper and more enduring recession over the next year. That means the bank may step down from a 100 basis point hike or at least delay this move to see some additional data coming in. And the first week of the month always brings the US non-farm payroll data. Yeah, as we continue to mention, the US labour market continues to remain strong, despite that increased rate and the cost for businesses. Jobless claims remain low and the participation rate continue to drop. In October, the market expects payroll growth to ease slightly to around 200,000 from 263,000 we had in September. And of course, confirmed PMI data for October. Indeed, we can hope somewhat that the revised numbers come in better than the initial flash data but it's unlikely to move the needle enough from the woeful numbers reported thus far. Most recently, we had the significant undershooting of Chinese manufacturing. There's been low expectations, significantly undershot across a number of regions in both manufacturing and services, leaving us looking forward with continual trepidation of whether politicians and bankers around the world will be able to accurately balance between a rocketing inflation number and the looming economic slowdown. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Lauren.